what a wonderful visit with artist Alan Maysag. He was telling us that to be good at what you do, you must put in the work. And as we toured his home and studio and gardens, we could see that he has definitely put in the work. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to Art Ladders, The Creative Climb with Valerie Allen and Armin Mersman. This podcast is focused on interviews, features, and stories about art. It's for artists and art lovers. I'm Val. I'm the abstract artist in the group, joined by Armin, the realist. Welcome back, everyone. So good to see you out there on this holiday weekend. And we are going to be continuing our discussion on plain air. We recently did a video podcast at Studio 23 on the plain air painters that went out into the farms of the Great Lakes Bay region. And today we will be talking in just a few minutes to artist Alan Maysag, a well-known plain air artist in the Great Lakes region, as well as nationally. And I'm going to first welcome my co-host, Armin Mersman. Well, how are you out there in uh, vacation land? I hope everybody's having a good time celebrating the 4th and and uh, really spending some time with family and such. Uh, this is an exciting episode for me. I always have liked uh, Al's work quite a bit and somewhat interested in the plain air process, but I found there's bugs and sunshine and all this stuff that I have to stay away from. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to wear sunscreen. Yeah. I <laughs> So welcome to our, our uh, podcast here, Al. Well, thank you for having me today. And um, I'm looking forward to finding out what you want to know about plein air painting and my journey into plein air painting, how it started, I would imagine. And so there's so many great plein air painters in the, in the Great Lakes Bay region. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that you uh, called on me to uh, add information uh, to that so people have a good idea. Absolutely. You are represented in Ohio, Michigan. You ventured out to the Cape Cod area, Laguna, California. You're a nationally known plein air artist. You've entered many, many competitions. And it's just wonderful to be out here with you. We're actually at Al's home and studio, and we just toured his beautiful gardens that inspire his paintings. These were developed by his wife, Carol. And we were also inside the studio. I'm going to be posting a lot of photos to Instagram and Facebook of interior shots that you'll be able to enjoy. And Al, I'm going to ask you, was being an artist a goal of yours when you were a child? No, I, uh, I just was a regular <laughs> child living in Saginaw, Michigan. Uh -huh. And I don't think it was a goal. But looking back earlier today, I was just sitting quietly and looking back to see um, what might have influenced me um, to move through into the arts. And um, uh, so I remember um, watching TV as a kid, cross-legged, and um, the Disney Channel was always on. It seemed like on a Saturday. And there was um, this particular NBC sound. This was in the 50s, because I'm a 50s baby. Mm -hmm. And uh, I knew that there was going to be a program, a drawing program, 
And the drawing program was led by nationally known um, drawer, John Nagy. I remember oh, that as well. There too. you go. Yeah. So John, so when I heard that bung, 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 I knew that something was going to happen. I was under eight years old because we only lived in Saginaw until I was eight. Mm -hmm. So when that came on, I would watch it. And he always said that he would be, uh, if you can draw a circle ball, basically, and a square and a triangle and a cylinder that you could draw anything. And he would be the one to show you and you'd be very successful. I remember. And so that was my first and then drawn back to that uh, all the time. That was my first vision of, of being an artist. Uh, and then I remember one time, um, since we're talking about plein air painters, mm -hmm. we were going to what was considered kind of uh, where my parents took the recyclables and trash, kind of better known as a dump. <laughs> and as we were going there, we would we passed these houses floating in the water of the Saginaw River. And that in their photos of that, a particular group of homes now at the historical museum, at the castle museum in Saginaw. And these homes were floating houses, low income houses. And um, so there was these little clusters of houses, sort of like you might find in Maine, mm -hmm. that type of thing. And we were walking past this fella sitting down and I asked my dad what he was doing. I don't know, my dad mumbled or, or whatever, or I wasn't listening, but he turned out to be a, my first vision of a plein air painter. And that was under eight years old. And he oh, was gosh. painting these on the river. And so those memories uh, reoccur every once in a while, they come up. And so, um, no, as a child, uh, I don't, I don't say uh, I didn't have a pencil and paper and want to do that. I knew I know that I like to do cursive writing and do real well with that because I went to Catholic school. <laughs> but but uh, my my mother, what was very popular at the time, the uh, the craft of ceramics, where you had the little figurines you painted them. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. My mother, my aunt, two aunts, my uncle, they were, they took this thing to another level, and they were all good painters of these of these figurines and i had an uncle who was a pastelist um uh, i used to go in the living room and look at his pastels he did it as a hobby because that's not what you make your living at and th those are the kinds of things i think looking back uh, but truly i didn't um feel like being an artist mm -hmm. or didn't um, sit around drawing and that type of thing. But um, these are the experiences that came to me yeah. during that age. Very so, interesting. Yeah, we have a lot in common. I grew up in Saginaw. Oh. My mother did those statuaries as well. Oh. And only my exception was my dad was an artist, so I was kind of grown up in it. Right. Right. I love that right. that um, image you just painted of you seeing your first plein air painter. Right. You know, right. in those formative right. years, which would have been around third grade. I think that's yeah. a big well, yeah, second grade. I think we second, moved third. away second. Okay. Pre second grade. And for children to see something that stays with them that long, for you to still be thinking about that. Uh huh. Uh -huh. I feel that did have a lot to do uh -huh. with you uh -huh. becoming an, an artist. And I'll tell you, I did a plein air event in Saginaw through the Saginaw Art Museum one time. Mm -hmm. And I was painting in a cemetery with a, a, a wonderful painter, Jan Ferber, oh, yes. watercolorist from Saginaw. Mm -hmm. And I, I was off to the side painting. 
And do you know that memory from all those years came up during that moment that I was in the cemetery painting? Wow. That vision of, of me seeing the plein air painter came out. That is amazing. So I kept that and pushed it for all those decades. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, it, it was a great day. Um, yeah. In the painting that I did at the cemetery, uh, well, one first place that year. Oh, oh I remember. So yeah. that, that was a cemetery painting. Yeah. Okay. Oh. But uh, yeah, it, that's that. That's how all that worked. But no, I had no intention of being an artist mm-hmm. as a child. But you did go into education. How, right. How did that happen? Well, you know, oh, well, I went to higher education. I went to Delta College for two years. Uh-huh. Armin, you did too. And I had really the best teachers. And um, I was going to be a, a, a psychologist. Oh. That's what I went for, thinking I would be a psychologist. Because you have to pick something, right? Uh-huh. I, I picked that. And a child psychologist, whatever. Oh. Uh, why? I don't have no idea. But I had to take a humanities class. And so I signed up. Uh, I took art because I remember winning the poster contest, a Bible poster contest at the Catholic high school in 10th grade. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, maybe I could draw again. Maybe mm-hmm. I could draw. So I took a basic freehand drawing from Elizabeth Freeman, um, wonderful, encouraging woman. But my my drawings, I had no, knew nothing about pencils, pencil thicknesses, widths, sizes, this mm-hmm. supplies, charcoal. I really didn't know anything. I didn't have background in that. But she encouraged me. And then I just started doing it on my own between classes, after classes, and found the love for that. Yeah. And so she was the one actually that pushed me forward. But then there was full of really great teachers there, Charles Breed and Russ mm-hmm. Thayer, numerous. I, I'm sorry, I can't remember them all, but they, uh, their classes and what they said and what I heard inspired me to continue and taking it, taking it on. So I told my parents I wasn't going to be a psychologist, but I would like to be an art. Oh, that was a very special art. school at the time, Delta College. It had the best art department of any community college. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I could see. Yeah. And then later on, when I went, Larry Butcher was there. and he, uh, Right. And he did a lot for my, my thinking. So Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. So to and you had a show with him just recently. <laughs> right. And I think it was last October. Yeah. Uh, with COVID. I can't ever remember in the months or the years, but. Uh, yeah, last October, and it, it, yeah, it was great. I think we made just a, a, a fine mix. It, yeah, it did. Oh, oh yeah. just they really, really looked it together. I'm glad they chose me to be with him because, um, you know, he's such a fine artist mm-hmm. and that yes, type yes. of thing. And and um, I had the paintings to go along with it and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I went into I be, to make money. I knew I had to be a teacher, so mm-hmm. I became a teacher. Mm-hmm. So, so then you went on to um, Central, Central Higher Education, which is known got for a, education. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and got a, um, BA, uh, a, a BS in education because I wanted mm-hmm. a biology minor because I loved things I had to observe, like artists do, and it had to be biology too. Mm-hmm. So I could get a, a degree in that and teach lower lower L in biology, K eight, mm-hmm. I think it was, and then um, and then after that. I uh, got a master's degree mm-hmm. from Central, but I didn't get it in um, any particular area. I, I met with an advisor and the advisor let me develop a program where I got to actually take classes that I never had in my undergrad, things that I needed to show the kids because I was a teacher, mm-hmm. printmaking, uh, uh, photography, 
uh, weaving, all these things that I, I didn't take in a Bachelor of Arts. Because mm-hmm. I was taking art history at Central and I was taking drawing and those kinds of ceramics. And those filled my art credits, my mm-hmm. art my art spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so. Oh, that's nice that they let you fill in with those other. Yes. Activities. They said, make it up. Make up your own. And I did. And, oh. and, it, and it worked. So what were those first years? You probably went through some student teaching and then right into. Uh, yeah, I went to some student teaching and then I, I my first year I got a, and there were four art jobs open. Can you imagine? The same four time, art in this jobs. area. That's in amazing. this area. Yeah. And so the first one was at a Catholic school and I was there a year. Mm-hmm. And then I was um, I had where I was student teaching. They went on strike kind of going back a little bit. Oh. I was I was student teaching at Douglas MacArthur in, in Saginaw. That was a high school. And um, many people remember that. And then I, I went there. I you went there. And then Eisenhower after that. Oh, you're so young. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, I was at, I was I was the, uh, Dennis Cop. He was the artist. Oh, I remember him. Yes, I, I was do. His, I was his. Yeah, I, I, he, I worked under him. So anyway, so they went on strike. I had four weeks left in order to get my degree. They said, Al, you got to go somewhere for four weeks. So they said, Frank and Moza put you. Take you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was there for four weeks and I developed a really good rapport with this teacher who was very vibrant and she loved art. She was arts in the arts. She was a watercolorist and she was an amazing person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up um, uh, leaving there after four weeks. But within that four weeks, I did so many different things with the kids under her direction, groups of kids that they said, can you get your elementary certificate? We want to hire you for elementary ed. Well, there's no way you can put enough credit hours in the summer at that time anyway to become something else. And I said, you know, you know, I'm an art teacher. I want to be it. So one day after. So I'm at this Catholic school working and one day the phone rings. Carol and I leave out the door. The phone rings. I hear the phone rings. I open the door to go answer the phone. I could have left. I thought about leaving. And somebody called and asked for this name. I I had no idea what they were asking. I said, well, why don't you spell it? They spell my name. I said, well, this is he. This is so and so from Frank Booth High School. We want to, I'm retiring after, after 40 years, I think she worked there as the art teacher. She was fantastic. She said, I would like you to come get my job. Oh my God. So that's how that morning, um, uh, that whole thing went. And then I was flying high for the next five weeks because I was leaving where I was working mm-hmm. because, because I got a very small amount of money to teach there, mm-hmm. uh, not necessary money to live on, which I did, but, uh, but, um, but I got a, a small amount of money for supplies mm-hmm. anyway. So I left there and, and, and went to Frank Camuth and he said, you just have to come in and we'll bring you a pen and you sign it. And that's it. And I was there for 32 oh years after that. That just proves that for, that uh, you networked with your student teaching. You made a good impression. I just love when that happens. <laughs> well, I, I, looking back, I guess it was, it was, I don't know, it just flowed. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like a train. It's all a big yeah. relationship that worked. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that was all. Wow. Now, are you, were you uh, working on your own art at the time? Or? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, I taught high school. So every minute, even Saturday and Sunday, we're filled with thinking of projects, thinking of innovation, thinking about what kids are good and what they liked if they were good in clay. Okay, so if you were in my class, Armin, there were like 25 to 30 people. 
and you were like, let's say third year, and you had an interest in, in uh, draw, drawing trees, because mm-hmm. you like to do trees. I do like to draw trees. Okay, so you, you are the tree guy. So I would try to have you, and let's just say that you were like a, a kid on the, a sort of a, the fringe. You, I was you were kind of sitting on the <laughs> sitting on my counters and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I would I would I would have you do things related to trees. If we did clay, it would be tree related. So to keep reeling you in and make you better mm-hmm. by having you not necessarily draw trees, but do other kinds of things, collages with trees in there. Sure. Um, you know, and use your imagination with the inside of the tree, all that stuff. So. I um, basically that I didn't do my own thing. Okay. Until I was 40. 44. Mm-hmm. All right. So remember when I got into high school, I was almost as, to, to teach. I was almost the same age as the kids. So oh, I could, yes. I could relate, but then I had to figure out how to be an authority figure right. too. Mm-hmm. Our friend, Walt Nagel was that way too. He oh. was just right out of school. Yeah. Had him. He was a great teacher as well. Yeah, he was really. So you grew into the job then. I grew into the job. Uh-huh. And I have many friends now that I had first year that um, our plein air painters, our mosaic artists are, are working at Disney and all these things and lead positions now that, uh, you know, came out of our school district. Mm-hmm. Not because of me, I'm, but just uh, because of the, the, the circumstances and, and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff and the love for doing that and allowing to do things and um, having someone hopefully thinking they're building me up and, and they don't realize because they're kids building mm-hmm. me up in an area that I love motorcycles or this or that. And then, uh, you know, they've gotten careers because of that. Can, of can you uh, recall, tell us about a couple of students that you felt went well beyond even your expectation from your teaching, from you working with them. Okay. Names, your success stories. Names too. Names too. You, you can do names too. What okay. 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 So I had one that liked to do, uh, now he was young. So he was ninth grade because I taught high school, right? Nine, 12 at that mm-hmm. time. So he liked to do um, figures of Linus and Snoopy and uh, Peanuts characters and, and uh, all that kind of thing, mm-hmm. draw them. And I, I, and that was his thing, but I was trying to figure out, figuring out so he doesn't basically copy somebody else who was very good at it, skilled sure. at it. Mm-hmm. So I had to move in another direction. So let's say one project I gave him, I remember, and I think I, 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 I mentioned it to him one time in, on Facebook of um, all these animals and people, and they were like little, little short, squatty, round headed things that he kind of <laughs> developed. And I, I want you to do a drawing of them looking in the sky and who knows what it could be an airplane or whatever. Mm-hmm. So instead of the, just have them walking around in a scene, they actually were actively searching for something up there. Uh-huh. And uh, and uh, it, it was a, it was really a, just a fabulous, a, a, a fabulous thing. And he liked drawing Disney characters and all that. When he had a rummage sale at his house, his signs were magnificent. They had all these characters and cartoons. And, and I remember as a ninth grader, he even taught after school classes to the middle school kids how to draw cartoons. So he had so everything I did with him. So I had kids doing these maybe sculptures and uh, casting pewter jewelry. And he was doing his little uh-huh. drawings. Characters. Well, now if you went, there was a movie out 
many movies that he's involved in many before Disney in LA. Okay. He lives in LA. He what he uh, ends up with um, uh, if if you there was a cartoon called Cars, a movie. Oh yeah. Yes. You know yeah. So in the end, is Dan Abraham's name the biggest thing because he was oversaw all the artists and all that thing. Uh So he's very respected. I would believe probably in his fifties now Uh and very respected. And when you go to the movies, you can always see his name up there. Walter Lance and all those people. So he, yeah, he really made it, made it great, made it great. Then I had a girl who ended up in Europe and she was designing silk scarves after a while Mm -hmm. for Yves Saint Laurent. And that's then um, who knows where those folks are. So uh, one gal I have, she is. Do you know? Do you know what Pendleton School of Crafts? Yes, yes we were there. We were actually oh, there. Were. not to study, but to pick up some ceramics. Oh, I know. I, I over time in, in in revisiting her again on Facebook, she you know uh, uh, didn't teach at Pendleton, but she took uh, courses at Pendleton. Mm-hmm. She makes these wire sculptures let's just say really good high quality wire like coat hanger wire mm-hmm. and i just saw it yesterday i mean she's done fabulous things she does these she did a full-size horse she oh learns God. everything about it she did a full-size horse she takes the wire and she connects it all and welds it all of the muscular part and everything mm-hmm. even the horse's snowed and face and then she covers it with thick kind of thick sort of cardstock that she designs mm-hmm. and what's on that cardstock might be butterflies and lips and flowers and other kinds of things. It's like wallpaper she designs, but it's not really wallpaper. Although her designs are sold by one of the best wallpaper places in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, and she makes these full size figures and she sews meticulously sews these little card stocks to the shapes of the parts of the body. Uh, and I don't know what oh, she uses. She uses like that lanyard material uh-huh, or, uh-huh. or whatever. But uh, yesterday I couldn't believe it when I finally saw her finished product of the horse. What time, what Where did you see that at? Um, uh, Facebook. She's oh, a Facebook okay. friend. Her name is Ann Lemansky. Ann Lemansky. Ann Lemansky. Oh, she'd be one to talk to. I'll tell you. Anyway, she did one time. She did one of a tight. I believe it was a tiger on a ball. Oh my goodness. And she sells it private, privately sells them or there. She does these museum shows, uh-huh. but this, this ball, perfect circle with wire first. I mean, how do you even do that? So she makes this and then covers it with this fanciful paper that she's designed, silk screened or whatever, Uh I'm uh not sure. And then she had a tiger lion, not a lion, but it had to be a tiger. So with her balancing on the ball, so the feet were close together and it made that kind of a giant sort of V-shaped upside down pyramid. Yeah. Fantastic. What's her name again? I have Anne Lemansky. Anne Lemansky. Sounds like uh, something that uh, we have a um, there's another podcast, The Jealous Curator. Mm -hmm. It sounds like her cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we can push her name out there in the world a little bit. That's a great podcast, by the way. Uh Uh What's it called again? The The Jealous Jealous Curator. Curator. Oh, okay. Now you were at four years old and you said. Uh. Well, I'm going to take what I teach and I'm going to put it to use for yourself. 
Oh, at 40 years old? You said you started. Oh, right, right, right. And why, why could I do that? Why did you and why could you? Okay. I know why you could. You were a great teacher. <laughs> oh, what did, what did you I say? could because I was leaving high school okay. and, I didn't, and I was moving to elementary, okay. which a minute ago, remember I said that I used a lot of my time up to get think of ideas for high school. Yes. Portfolio review and convince parents that it's, they would be great in the arts mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all that stuff and let them go, let them try it. And all that, which is, you know, I mean, you know, how is he going to make money drawing a tree, Mr. May said. So in most of these parents I had in school, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I had them. This is like second generation. And, and sometimes right. it's not easy even to convince them. Yeah. Well, let me know when you figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so what ended up happening was uh, I uh, uh, had the weekends then. So I told my wife, Carol, I said, what am I going to do? And she said, I said, I was thinking about painting. She said, we go painting. Go paint. I said, I do not like painting. I'm a drawer. <laughs> I didn't mention I was an incessant drawer. Mm-hmm. So I own like one camera from 1969 to uh, probably uh, almost 2000. Mm-hmm. I drew because I was an incessant drawer. Yeah. So if you went to Europe, I drew everything from the back of the people's heads on the plane sure. all the way to Nice. Uh-huh. Everything we ate everything we looked at, I drew and then I, I put them in these sort of folders for the kids made sort of like placemats and stuff. And they had the whole trip in this thing they can poster for them, mm-hmm. but they were my drawings. So I did that when we went camping and all that stuff. So I said, I was a drawer. I'm not a painter. I can't, I can't mix colors. They all turn out gray, dirty, whatever. But I knew that I could uh, use acrylics and within the, with the, in the, the acrylics because the kids used acrylics mm-hmm. at school right because you couldn't afford and oil was messy to clean up the sink yeah i mean yeah. the janitors were always said you know on me about cleaning mm-hmm. uh and i was that's the last thing i was always thinking about is the sure. cleaning of everything but i used acrylics and i went out into the community of frankenmuth which is a bavarian community and sought out the most photographed and most looked at house because I liked that family. I had some of the kids in school stood on the corner one morning and I start using acrylics and I was started painting outdoors. <laughs> Didn't give it a name or anything. I just had the time. Uh-huh. And so I'm mixing my couch. Yes, yeah, some were dirty, some were muddy, but it was a yellow house, which was easy, right? Yellow, white, maybe mm-hmm. some white. And then, you know, try to get as close to the value um, you know, purple shadows maybe on the house because of the mm-hmm. shadows. And and it was a house, they loved antiques. So the antiques came out into the lawn, like the furniture and uh, uh-huh. uh, just wonderful things in the window. And I think it was 18 by 24. And that was my first really outdoor sort of experience with painting. Uh, that's what I, I, I did it. So when I was about three quarters done, a car drives up, a big car. I didn't look because I was focused. Now, remember, I've never done this before, so my equipment was vast. Big <laughs> poker table, <laughs> big, <laughs> big easel, big easel. The legs splayed out really far. Uh-huh. Um, 
tubes of every color of paint because I had it from, you know, from school. I bought some. Let's just say I bought bought it all. <laughs> and 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 uh, canvas says H by twenty four, and I was painting it outside. <laughs> so this guy comes up and he said, "Excuse me, on Rose's window, Frank Camuth has lots of tourists mm-hmm. on the weekend." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so they says. What'd you do? And I said, well, painting this people's house. He said, oh, is that for sale? <laughs> and I'm painting away. And I thought, oh, I don't know what they call it. I don't know why they charge them. I hadn't even thought about that. I'm just painting Dixie and Charlie Sanders' house. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I said, I whipped up a number. Mm-hmm. And he said, when will we finish? And I said, I don't know. That's what I say now anyway. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you what I know. I don't know. And he said, I want to buy it. And I said, uh, I can't sell it to you because it's their house. And I didn't, and I really didn't ask him in the first place if I could even paint their house. <laughs> and so Charlie and Sandy or uh, uh, Charlie and his wife were on the, on the porch, Dixie. And I said, I said, Charlie, can I, this guy wants to buy the painting. Can I sell it? And he said, well, can I see it? <laughs> the owner says, can I see it? I said, yeah. So I said, he's got to see it. So let me give me your card. He gave me my card. And he was second to Leah Iacocca. Seriously. Oh, my goodness. So he was second to Leah Iacocca. <laughs> and he said, when it's done, call this number. They might not answer it the first time. But I'll give me your number, so I'll tell them. You know. Yeah. So this was like before cell phones and everything. You know. Sure. Mm-hmm. If you wanted, uh, you know, if you wanted to talk in the bedroom, you had a sixty foot cord, right? right. <laughs> yeah. So that's how life was. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, so a time went on, and Char and I told Charlene Dixie, well, mm-hmm. you know what it is, how much it is. Mm-hmm. I was embarrassed to tell them that you know, and that I didn't offer it to them first, and all this. They said, we'll talk about it. Well, they, mm-hmm. it was too much mm-hmm. at the time. They had six kids. Yeah. Um, some are gone, but still, it's still a big investment. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I said, well, what if I get prints made of the painting and oh, give you a prints? So it was I, a little hard to do at that time, wasn't mm-hmm. it? It was around here. I had to get prints at a place called Color Q in Ohio. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they exist anymore. And I had prints made of that, that yellow house. I had 500. And what I did, what, what they had at that time is they had a, uh, they had a, uh, uh, at the printer, they had like a sale of like a big poster size sheet. And on that for X amount of dollars, there was a big print, a medium sized print, uh, postcards, and there were little business cards that came with it. Uh-huh. And so I ordered 500 of these big sheets. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know anything about printing, you print it, they, they print one, then they bring it back and you kind of mm-hmm. fix it up, mark it up, yes. fix it up. Yes. So I didn't even know what that meant. When they sent the thing, I had to mark it up. I had to call them. Do I have to use a red pencil? And I learned a lot of stuff there. And so I got the prints and I framed one for each kid. A big one for the family, for the parents, Charlie uh-huh. and Dixie, and little ones for the kids, which they could still have because people mm-hmm. have these at, after all these years, 40 years. Sure. And uh, um, 
And then I had permission to meet this fella in Fenton, Michigan, in front of a big boy, in Tarantula <laughs> Range. When you open up the door, the range came in like Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Man. So so basically, that's what, what I ended up doing. He handed me the check. I gave him his painting. And there you go. Wow. So let me let me get this. So that's a long let, story. Let Time's me, up. Let me, thanks, <laughs> let me get this straight. Your, your first time out, yeah. you're doing plein air. Yeah. First time out. Your piece goes viral. This is yeah, basically that's, that's, uh, this yeah. is before the Early internet, viral, but your piece went viral with your first foray yeah. outside and painting. So did that piece wow. kind of uh, stick in your mind back then? How can I ever do another one after that? Or did you go right back next week and that piece went viral? Well, no, none, none went viral after that. But uh, <laughs> that's how I used to get my name out to the community without, at that time, I didn't want to relinquish my paintings. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I was getting like, oh, this is mine. It's a piece, you know, it's so great. And, 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 and so I started having prints made. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing 26 prints. And I knew that if I could get my name, now I have a, it's very difficult, even though it's a six letters in my name, to say my name, yes. figure out, is he yes. Scottish, is he what, Polish, or uh-huh. is he German? And so I, and I thought, you know, they liked it. And it's Lee Iacocca. It's like yeah, Chrysler. Right. What, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, come back, you know, figure it out. And I thought, all right, I'm, I'm just going to paint for paint's sake. Mm-hmm. So I painted other houses in town. People were, saw me. I taught so many people, children in town. Uh-huh. People come by on bikes. They knew me. So my sources were great for sales mm-hmm. and they were 35 bucks framed and they were great at the IGA. They cut me a good deal on frames. I, I, what I want, I figured, so I was already thinking about marketing, yeah. but I didn't know I was thinking about marketing. Sure. So that's how I got my name into people's houses as I did the like me at Frank Muth Art Fair, mm-hmm. um, that type of thing, maybe twice. I did like in front of the historic museum for an herb festival, mm-hmm. just to say hi to people and talk because I can carry on some conversation. Mm-hmm. And I like seeing these people. And they were my people. Mm-hmm. I taught their kids. I had them in the school. They liked seeing me. On, and, and, I, and, and it was a safe place. Mm-hmm. And so I continued to paint in less muddy colors. And they, it was easy to paint houses because I just had to mix that color up for that. I wasn't going into changing colors and thinking about complementary colors and tertiary this mm-hmm. and the way light bounces off an object. I was not there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I and, and so I made um, I sold a lot of them in all sizes. I was taking orders. You know what was big that back then in the frame? A brass frame was big in the 90s. Oh, big in yes, the 90s. The glass top tables. With the the glass Mediterranean top. furniture oh, yeah. was out. Oh, the yes. Glass. So, the glass. So a lot of, a lot of brass frames. So I even took orders on framing because I was working with the sure. IGA frame department in the uh-huh. corner by the kielbasa and the hot dogs. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is great. So, so anyway, so that's how that's how that all went. Uh And then I traveled throughout Michigan painting home portraits. Well, let me ask you this: you know, as a as a fan of your work, uh, there's many things that I find that really stand out to me. Your sense of composition is the first thing. Mm 
Mm. We had a chat about that. I think that's where, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. we're all hinders. I mean, hangs or hinders in that mm -hmm. case mm -hmm. is that composition. And you're very good at it. And Thank uh, you. you don't seem to follow a particular rule as far as rules of thirds, rule of mean. But you follow probably what you feel and you make it work and you adjust your color to make it work. You adjust, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the size of things towards the front and the, the, go through the path of your piece. And of course, mm -hmm. I think you're a colorist. You really understand color. No more of those muddy colors mm -hmm. borrowed from the elementary Thank you. school. Thank yeah. you, Father. I'm yeah. glad yeah. <laughs> I compensated that. Yeah. 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 So well, uh, yeah. how when you look for something to paint, what are the what are your first things you, you're looking for? Okay. Okay. So I look for uh well right away I paint during raging light. Oh. Before eleven, and sometimes after five. I wanted to know that. Before, raking before right raking before light. eleven a.m. Right or right before five p.m. After five, you know, after things five. start to sun goes down, and it's different time of yeah. the year. It's different. The raking right? light, love it. It's the raking light, mm -hmm. and so I think that um, uh, lighting is very important to painting because, well, when you're painting outdoors or so we're talking about plein air painting when you're doing what I do, even in, inside when I'm painting large works and studio works, which I do basically half and half uh, um, lately, mostly inside. But uh, I, yes, I, I look for the lighting and, and how that's working out early on. I used to work, look for um, uh, architecture because I'd always had an architecture in my painting mm -hmm. uh, with nature. And, um, and I was a rural landscape artist in the beginning right? because mm -hmm. I lived around the rural. Mm -hmm. I didn't live by the Niagara Falls or by horse farms mm -hmm. so that you don't see that in my work. Right. So uh, it, I love twerking the composition while I'm painting mm -hmm. okay? while I'm working out. So I first paint it. I first draw it out quickly with a red oxide or a burnt Santa mm -hmm. on a tone canvas. I tone my canvas red orange. Uh, and, and then I put in the darks, which are usually your shadows of the objects on the ground, mm -hmm. which reflect maybe sky color, you know, and I have that stuff in my head. So, but sometimes when I'm all done, I don't have the, I don't pull down sky color in my shadows and all that, you know, I, sure. I, I, I'm eliminated, uh -huh. you know, I eliminate mm -hmm. that, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm constantly kind of uh, really kind of twerking. Uh, but I had kids in school that could do this and they can look at a plain piece of paper, second grade, even third grade, and they can tell me the story and what the picture is going to look like before they touch the paper. Mm -hmm. And so when I look, when I stop to start, or when I start my painting, I can see the entire painting done already on my canvas. Can you see it as you're drawing? I see. I know there's uh, torques and changes. Yeah. I mean, you got to allow for that. What, what develops for me is what I call Easter eggs, little things that you oh. never thought about doing. And there they are. And yeah. some people will see them. Some people won't. Yeah. 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 So those, so those little discoveries really um, kind of bring it all together. Mm -hmm. Those discoveries of, of, of things, you know, putting a, a violet next to yellow and maybe mm -hmm. a blue violet and 
how intense, how beautiful that is, or having some of my red orange background show between my blue green of, of my leaves. You know, I have two to 5% of that red orange show through mm-hmm. and that's visually to a human being that those, those colors next to one another, the complementaries really kind of mess with the back of your head and your brain. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get that sizzle, like, Mm-hmm. You, get a and you don't even know the vi- the vibration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. what those complementary colors like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. what they do. So, yeah. uh, but I great, but uh, graying out colors are important. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about gray. I'm just talking about gray, graying them out, like mm-hmm. adding red to green to push it, you know, and then putting it somewhere and it pushes mm-hmm. it, pushes it away. Right. And my compositions are set up like a theater. Like that, like uh, like if you go to the Temple Theater in Saginaw, mm-hmm. and there's those there's those big backdrops that slide up mm-hmm. and down behind the curtains. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I'm thinking about because yeah. you know what I love. Interesting to see an eight by ten painting that looks like you have enough stuff draw painted in there that looks like it's a half a mile or a mile away. Oh, that's yeah. by overlapping. That's mm-hmm. by grain. That's by atmospheric perspective. Mm-hmm. There's so much dirt in the air that people, mm-hmm. when they paint outdoors, should remember that you've got to maybe make it blue back there, yeah. or blue violet, because there's there's so much dirt. It's not crystal clear. It's not the green that you see in your foreground uh-huh. foreground trees of your evergreens. It's, right. it's a different color, and those are things that sometimes just develop um, as, as you're going. Yeah. I love to paint very briskly. Mm-hmm. I paint with like, almost like abandoned, sort of. I mean, I'm not wild with it. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes I am, mm-hmm. you know, because in my studio, I'm constantly moving back and forth, eight to 10 foot, back and forth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes my back hurts or my leg hurt because of that, but I'm constantly moving, squinting, moving, mm-hmm. and then, I know I overtalked that whole question. Well, no, 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 no. no I, I <laughs> and Val works yeah. the same way. Oh, she, yeah, she's, I'm back and forth. She's back. Oh, Ten thousand steps in the studio. And, uh, <laughs> I better start wearing one of those. Yeah, I did. I just <laughs> I sit in a little corner and draw. You know, <laughs> two steps. Yeah, and, right. And, um, That's all right. My question to you is: with the plain air painting, and you you pick your locations. Do you have a location that you would never, ever get tired of going to? Or is that your secret location? Kind of like a fisherman who won't say it's fishing spot. No, I'm not, I don't have any secrets. Okay. I don't have any secrets. <laughs> um, I just like, I've, I'm, I'm pulled to the rural. Uh-huh. Pulled to, um, uh, I can go two blocks from the house and I can find 10 paintings. Yeah. And um, I, you know, uh, so I really don't have like a go to place. Uh-huh. Uh, so but I, I wouldn't like go. I wouldn't paint like go paint a bunch of buildings mm-hmm. because uh, although I painted an right. alley scene yeah. once in Bay City that I thought just uh, I, really I was by myself and I thought, oh, uh, and, you know, it had. uh the, the the alley was abandoned except the trash barrels and everything. Right, right. It was like a twelve by sixteen, and it was a it was a uh, vertical, and it, there was these old ripped 
there were these awnings, canvas mm-hmm. awnings that had ripped on these six windows and that ripped and, 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 and the heat made them fall apart and they were hanging and, and that type of thing. And when I got done painting that, I'm gonna, honest, honest to goodness, I have no idea how I got that, been able to do this painting. Because when I was all done, I said, this, <laughs> this is what this I've been is, wanting to do. Oh. This is where I want to be today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, have you done more of those things? Wow. I have had that feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm out and it's a very contemplative thing for me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you're, if we're six painters, I'm not with any of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am so, you know, really focused there. And, uh, uh, but can I tell you a story of one of my earlier paintings? Can I, I stop you? No. <laughs> yeah, you can stop me. No, go ahead. No, no. I, because I was thinking about you being here and, and I thought of this story and I thought this has to be told like to, to people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm painting with acrylics in the 90s. I only painted with acrylics four for four years because they started drying and I only and I painted on weekends in summer and, and I didn't know. I painted in the afternoon. Mm. which I don't do now because mm. everything's washed out. Yeah. Mm. So that's why I use the raking light. And I, and I went several times. Uh, uh, I knew I wanted to paint at a cemetery, but uh, I will just say this. If you're, if you're on private property, ask for permission. Mm. You could be in the middle of a painting and think it's going good. And then they say, keep on moving. Uh-huh. So don't do that to yourself. Really, please always, Always ask or, or whatever. Good point. Mm-hmm. So I went three times to visit the pastor across the street. Now, this is in Frankenbooth. Mm-hmm. I'm not Lutheran. I'm Catholic. So they don't know me by face. Where Really, I was there so long. Everybody kind of knew me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They were very generous. I said, I would like to do a painting of the confirmation house. Now, what a confirmation house. And I think it's got to be, uh, there's a historic cemetery across from St. Lawrence Church. And in it are buried people who died in smallpox, with smallpox. And the early settlers are buried there on kind of an unmarked area on the hills. Yeah, I found that very interesting. I did put that in the painting, but all that kind of history, kind of, you know, the town, Mm because I liked working there and that type of thing. But I wanted to paint this very squarish kind of um, uh, um, building. It it was a russet colored brick, not red or anything, but russet in there for so many decades. It was probably turn of the century, maybe before. I don't know totally about the history. Of it, but it was old. And it's called the Confirmation House because the, the early on the kids would go part of this particular building and learn their lessons for confirmation. Maybe communion is I'm not sure that it, I can't say they do communion. I, I don't remember. Uh, but anyway, I had an 18 by 24 foot canvas again. You know, I had one before, I, I'd have one again because the composition was was very, very horizontal. Mm-hmm. And so I found a, a nice, it's hot summer, right? I'm still with the acrylics, right? I haven't mm-hmm. switched to something that doesn't get sticky and dries. I'm under, so I find a big tree and I'm under a tree. And the tree um, is keeping me cool and always in the shade. And I'm painting this building right here. And uh, 
off to the right in the distance are trees, more trees, like I'm standing under, but in the distance, they were kind of grayed out. I got to the point where I made mistakes and I found out how to do things by mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, all oh, that doesn't look far away. I'm not going to, I'm not touching that yet. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what a painter should do. You mm-hmm. should mix on the palette, not on your paper. Mm-hmm. Right? So, well, I think that's my rule. And anyway, so anyway, so this was a 10 day visit to this painting. I painted from um, 9 to 10.15 for 10 bright days. So once again, I had my, I had my table, I had my paints, I had my <laughs> everything, you know, you know, I, I needed a truck or a van. I had so much stuff, but I slept it over there and I painted for that hour and 15 minutes for 10 days. And because I wanted it to be right. And I knew I wouldn't be criticized, but I I was messing with my own head because mm-hmm. people knew me. What if it's crummy? They're going to say oh, it's yeah. nice. But I know, you know, I'm just learning. I don't even, you know, whatever. I, I don't even know. So I'm so I'm painting in the house, in the, in, in the color of that building to this day is a beautiful color. And so then you had the various greens and then you had um, um, uh, monuments that were very old and mm-hmm. interesting and, you know, kind of like Boris Karloffy, but still had kind of a great feel to the whole thing. And it was all lit up, right? So you had some shadows and I was learning shadows and all that. And I got near the end I always painted like out that way and then like in the farthest part and pulled forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at that time, anyway, so I painted it and, and all I could see when I looked at my painting is that, well, now it looked like it was just a red brick building. Wow. And I wasn't going to paint every brick. I learned that you didn't need every brick to, yeah, right. to say this is a brick building. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. so that I remember, I remember remembering that. So anyway, but above me for 10 days, there was a squirrel or two. Some didn't get along, some didn't, in that tree. And if you really observed new growth on a certain evergreens, there's a a part to the pine cone that's a russet color. Mm -hmm. That's a russet color. And I didn't think much about it. They were chewing them and they were falling down. Yeah. They were falling down. So, of course, then it was the day I left and I come back and I left. And then it had rained a little bit and I didn't go for a long time. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe three days. Yeah. I didn't go maybe for about three days. I come back. I set up. I'm doing the painting. I says, what the heck am I going to do? with this. Now I've got a square red brick building and it was in the center because composition wasn't my number one thing at that time. I didn't think about it too much. Anyway, was that, and I looked down in that entire around my feet were those little russet shards from the pine cones that the, the squirrels were chewing up in the time that I was gone it filled it. I painted it. It had all this awesome balance and I drove away. The the squirrel helped me paint the painting. (laughs) Maybe that was my 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 auntie Manya helping me from heaven. But yes, and then we left and we went to Las Vegas 
Uh-huh. And I'm in an elevator in Las Vegas, only to hear in an elevator in Las Vegas. Now I'm far away, uh-huh. only to hear that the tornado. Remember this, Armin, and that? Do you remember this? I do. The tornado came to Frankenmuth and spun and hit every steeple in that town. Oh, I didn't. Every I... church steeple, and then it ran through like a gully where houses were. And, and they said, this little town of Frankenmuth. And I'm, t- I'm in the elevator with these people. That's the town. I worked there. What's yeah. going on? My, and my I, dad lived in Frankenmuth at the time. Oh, you, you and your dad? No, I didn't. I went to see, he had a studio there. So oh. I would go over there on the weekends and I had my own little setup in the studio. You could have been yeah. standing there with the squirrels yeah. in yeah. the middle yeah. of that tornado yeah. when you're in Las Vegas. So. So, what it, so what it happened is that is the last record of those trees around oh, that cemetery because they got ripped off. Yeah. Well, that's that wild. something? I, I'm a, uh, probably getting close to the end here, but I do have a oh. couple of questions. This I can. Oh. Yes. Oh, of uh, course you can. These are kind of one word questions. <laughs> weather. How do you deal with weather? Hot, cold, windy, rain? Well, I've got an umbrella for the sun, for the bright sun. Okay. Uh, the, the wind, uh, you know, I can pick my days when I want to go. So yeah, I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm not going to say that I go out. Uh, um, Do you ever have to leave and say that the weather is just? I never. I, ne- I never had. Yeah. Sometimes I I have a truck, all right, or one time a van. Okay. So I just position myself behind it and and would go. Okay. Uh, but uh, yes, it does rain. But you know, I don't. I can't tell you that I've always ever been. Um, driven affected away. or driven away by it, mm-hmm. but you but you can be. You have to be prepared, especially yeah. if you're an outdoor painter. Bugs going around, you know. Bugs, bugs. Uh, well, if it's gnat season, that's you know <laughs> you got to come prepared totally if you're going to be a plein air painter. Yeah. You got to have stuff for gnats. You got to have a hat. You have to spray your spray your arms. Even ticks, you know, climb up through the snow in the winter and land up there waiting for you. You know. Oh, I didn't. Ticks are not summer. Oh, ticks will crawl up. I and you have to that. worry about Lyme disease and everything else. Yeah, there's yeah. all you know. There's all goofy things happen, uh, uh, happening. Uh, what about people coming in? If you're in a place where there's more uh, people walking through and they want to have a conversation, uh-huh. uh, does well, that bother you? It doesn't bother me because I use that as part of my marketing. They might be the next customer mm-hmm. or the person behind him might be listening to me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I paint for pleasure and that all that kind of thing, but I also in the six galleries. So I have mm-hmm. to paint to fill the galleries. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of where I'm at. Well, you're one of the most prolific artists <laughs> that I know. Uh-huh. I can't open up Facebook in the morning and oh, see something yeah. new. Yeah. I don't know. Is that bad? Is no, that bad? that's a great thing. Yeah. And, you know, you, you told us about your viral explosion with the acrylic uh, oh. house portrait. Oh. So tell us about your use of social media now as your marketing. Because you're excellent at this. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Every day I'm I'm on there as you yes. we know. And for some reason Armin's on too. Yeah. Yeah, But uh it's uh it used to be Facebook was uh I I have uh I think I maxed out all my friends or people who say they're <laughs> friends on Facebook. Yeah. But they're all except for some relatives, mm-hmm. which I love my relatives, but <laughs> they're mostly um, art related people now. Right. Yes. I was on Facebook before and I canceled them all. And, uh-huh. and now I did an art thing. Yeah. Okay. So 
everybody that's on there loves art. Mm-hmm. Maybe not me, but uh, obviously they like they they're not going anywhere. They didn't go anywhere, right? They're, so they're uh, so I use those. Uh, very much. And it's nice on Facebook. If you put something on Facebook, you can, it'll automatically go on Instagram. Yeah. Right. right. So you can, you can kind of, but so Instagram is where it's, it's at. I have no website. I had 11 page mm-hmm. website for years, mm-hmm. cost a lot of money to do. Mm-hmm. And it was great to look at and I look good in it, but it didn't do anything for me because I have to be, with the people. And if the people mean social media, which it means now social yes. media, because mm-hmm. we aren't mingling. We aren't going places where there's people and aren't mingling. Yeah. Right. Even before COVID, we were right. doing that. And uh, so anyway, so Instagram, it's like a, ro- a, a Rolodex. And, and people look at Instagram in a very uh, fast manner they want to Mm -hmm. look through fast and that's the place to go Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is they can spin through it really fast uh very little things to read a small amount to read that's the trick Mm -hmm. don't put in your whole thing and grandma liked it too uh-huh. Yeah, you know, never put that in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. We'll talk about your experience later. <laughs> but that's. But funny. you know, people don't ask anymore. Do you have a website? They ask, are you are you, are you on Instagram? Instagram? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh-huh. that's fancy. Oh, every Instagram time I meet somebody in, open Instagram on Instagram. Oh, right, right, right. I do say a lot. You know, you be be my friend. I mean, you be my friend or, or check me out on Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do, I do do that, but um, I never. And, and if somebody's looking at my work and then chooses not to uh, have a piece of my work at the time, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not 16 anymore. I know that might not be the right time. Maybe they can't afford it. Maybe they like it. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. that even getting a smaller one is too much for them. Mm-hmm. But there is the day that they're sometimes they just um, will save their money or mm-hmm. or they have it in the back of their head that they, they want to get something someday. And uh, uh, and, and they they do lots yeah. of times. And the nice thing about Instagram is you can. Put your, they can put you on notification. I have collectors now that taught me this. I didn't know this, how they would know. Like within minutes, they're already asking me a question about the painting I just posted. Yeah. So, um, so they, so they put themselves on notification when Al may say, put something up and they're, if they're a collector or they like seeing my work or whatever, whatever feelings or cash, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it pops right up. So that's how you can sell things uh, in 20 minutes, 15 minutes, under a half hour. Uh-huh. I mean, with it within minutes. Yeah. I think that's it's important that people of our age are very good with technology. I mean, if you're going to make a widget, you want to sell that widget oh, and not right. hide their head in it and say, oh, I don't do this or I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. I think if you're interested in showing your work, selling your work, you have to get quite proficient, you know, Val's very good with Instagram. I'm very good with Facebook. Well, that's all I have to say about technology. Technology. That's it. I'm just saying uh, that's all I know. But right. Right now, <laughs> but, but really works, you know, that works for me. Yeah. What is your, you know, I don't have a computer, so. What is your Instagram handle? Oh. Just for the folks out there. I'm going to put it in the show notes, too. Oh, are you? How do we find you oh, on Instagram? Um, 
You I've want heard. me to pull that up? Well, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can get it. And put I'll, it I'll put it on the show notes, everybody. Yeah, put it on the show notes. And I'm sure you can find them it's by just typing the da- in. My name and the dash. Alan yeah, you type Mace. me Alan dash Macy. You're going to be painter. there. It'll come up. Yeah, they'll be there. And Facebook, too. Right, so, right. Because it's great. I follow you on both, and I just oh, love it. Love thanks. it. And I see the painting right uh-huh. as fresh off the I inside. always get this thing. Love that. Al is in Midland now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Like, you can find him in Midland, even if and, I'm not in uh, Midland. Yeah, you know, Midland. I want to thank you for inviting us out here to yeah. our oh, studio. And your studio is amazing. It it's is. wonderful. What do you call that shape of you? Is that a Quonset hut? No, no. What no, is that? It's, it's, it's a barn roof shape. It's a barn, barn roof shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, metal. Yeah, roof. it was that. Yeah, it's encapsulated in metal, so there's no Wi-Fi in there. So you could go back to the '90s if you come visit yeah. uh you know yeah. but it's 40 feet from my house so it's you have to visit me in my home mm-hmm. open seven days a week i when i come out here and, i always uh, think i'm coming to monet's garden oh it's geez. just and, and you fit the part oh you've yeah. got the hats the straw hats the well, whole uh thank, but uh, it's beautiful just beautiful well uh, you gotta work on that beard then yeah, I, yes. I, I cut it off. I oh. Just, oh the big beard yeah the, oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i yeah i get enough Pieces of potatoes and potato chips oh, in, my, in my mustache. <laughs> it's good for yeah, a later snack. I yeah. said. <laughs> well, thank you. So, but thank you so much yeah, for you sharing much. your well, experiences yeah. and a little bit more diving into the plein air painting traditions. Into our. Do you have anything else you would like to add that you didn't get a chance to? Yes. Well, uh, going back to plein air painting. Anything that you feel like you prepared for today that you want to pass on? What words of wisdom? Uh, let's see. <laughs> well, I guess I, I, I would say that uh, you, you won't always have good days of painting mm-hmm. and don't let the, the bad days stop you from continuing. And if you want to be good at what you do, you must put in the work. An artist Amen. really must put in the work because if you don't put in the work, you will never progress. And you won't even realize it when you're getting better as an artist. If you're putting in the work, it actually comes out in your signature way of painting, drawing, clay making, sculpture will automatically come to the come to the forefront. And you will be doing it without even thinking because your 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 head is into creating mm-hmm. rather than trying to get to a, some sort of end. And you will be the one that knows when it's finished. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's good advice. Great right. advice. Great closing yeah. words. And don't forget everybody out there. Uh, look at uh, all these things to find Al Masek and his work. It's marvelous to see. And uh, and he does sell. So go by. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you, everybody. As we come to the close of our visit with Alan Maseg and you, we would like to thank our podcast sponsor, Golden Apple Studio and Residency. Artist and director Shelly Stevens is a knowledgeable and hospitable host for residencies in down East Maine. All through the summer months, she conducts residencies and the next openings will be for the summer of 2023. It's never too early to talk with Shelly about the possibilities for artists. Her email is snstevens at goldenapplestudio.com. That's S-N-S-T-E-V-E-N-S at goldenapplestudio.com. 
And FYI, there are limited openings in our printmaking workshops and drawing workshops this summer. I'll be teaching printmaking. Armin is teaching a drawing workshop. They will be held on September 2nd and 3rd. That's after all the residencies are completed for the summer. Out of town artists, you can also talk to Shelly about lodging that may be available. Just send her an email for me more details. Hope to see you there. Thank you for listening. You can find our past and future episodes at anchor.fm, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook page, Art Ladders, The Creative Climb with Valerie Allen and Armin Mersman. Special thanks to our producer, Taylor Kramer of Cold Shower Media. And check out our websites, ValerieAllenArt.com, ArminMersman.com. Stay creative, stay curious, and we'll see you next time.